0: Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon and be blessed.
1: I want to ask you to turn with me to the 23rd Psalm this morning. Probably one of the most famous, if there is such a thing, one of the most famous passages of Scripture in the entire Bible is the 23rd Psalm. It's one that we often read as a psalm of comfort. It's one that we often read in times of loss, and times of struggle, and it's one that is often an encouragement for us. It's probably the most frequented psalm of all. It's the one that we could probably quote from various translations. But I want to start this morning with a question. Have you ever had any unanswered questions from God? Has anybody ever had any of those? Just a couple, a couple of you. Um, the rest of you are so spiritual, you've got all your questions answered. Uh, if you could get with me after church, I have a list of some that I could give you if, if, you, if you could get these answered for me. Um, I wish that I could play Jeopardy with God, right? where you have the host and he gives the answers before you ever know the questions, Right? I I always thought this is just so backwards and and Jeopardy always intrigued me because you would say, Alex, I want archeology span for 300 or 400 or whatever the categories. And then he would just give you the answer. And then you had to discover what the question was. I wish that that's what our relationship with God was like, where we didn't even know the question and we just came to him and he gave us all of the answers. And then, when we got to the point of question, we're like, oh, yeah, that's what he was giving me the answer for. So I thought this morning we'd play a little Jeopardy.
0: This is Jeopardy.
1: This is not Alex Trebek Jeopardy or whoever the two hosts are now. Uh, This is God Jeopardy. And I'm going to share with you um, some questions that were actually asked from students in Tallahassee, high school students and college students. The Baptist Collegiate Ministry put together a small card, and on that card it had a single question. And that single question was this, if you could ask God one question, what would you ask God? So if that were you, and if we were playing God Jeopardy this morning, and you had one question, what would that question be? Here were some of the questions from this survey. How can I know for sure that I could get to heaven? Why is there so much suffering in the world? Why did my brother have to die? Why did my dad walk out and leave us with nothing? What really happens when you die? Am I going to be able to go to heaven? If you could do anything, God, then why did your own son have to die? Was all of my heartbreak as a child for a purpose? What will make me happy? Why did you create Satan? Why am I here? Do you have to actively follow the Bible to get to heaven, or can I just be a good person? Do you truly love everyone? Do you hear some of the anguish that are in some of those questions? Do you hear the heartache and the broken hearts in some of those questions? Maybe some of us have experienced that. Maybe some of us have gone through life and we just have been crying out to God, God, I have so many questions for you. And all I need right now is for you to play God Jeopardy with me. And I, I just want you to give me the answers. And in fact, I know some things that I'm going to be going through in life. So if you could just give me some answers now in those moments, in those moments of struggle and heartache, of the ups and downs and in the darkest of nights God if it's just me and you if you could give me the answers now then I'll know I'll know that you are God one of life's greatest uncertainties are the unanswered questions for every single one of us we struggle with that the unanswered questions that we have in life and oftentimes what the enemy is trying to do in our life is paralyze us with a lack of answers. You know what I know? God has the answers. God knows the answers before we ever know the question. And our life's jeopardy board has been filled with all of the answers. All God is waiting for us to do is to cry out, to Him and say, God, I need you. Just just what Pastor Jordan led us in song and our worship team led us in song this morning is, God, I need to be like you. I, I need to receive what you desire for me. Jesus still has the answers of this world, and we cannot get paralyzed by the uncertainty that life brings because we're here in the now. The answer To all of our unanswered questions, the answer to all of these questions from, from high school and college students is found in the relationship that we have with Jesus. I want to say that again so you don't miss it and so that if you get nothing out of this morning, this is what you get. The answer to all of life's questions can be found in our relationship with Jesus. And it is in those times that we don't have the answers to the questions that we must make certain that the line of communication right from the throne of God has been cleared and there is no interruptions because it's in those interruptions that we get stuck in the uncertainty with life. But here's what often happens to us here's where we default in the flesh. Whenever the answer doesn't come when we want it to come, or whenever the answer is not like the answer that we actually wanted, we revert to religious rituals instead of the relationship that God desires to have for us, with us. So do you see the two extremes that are there? Our flesh says, I need you to fall into the religious rituals that you have. And Jesus is crying out, I have the answers, and they can be found in relationship, not religious rituals. Jesus wants to have a relationship with us. The entire purpose for Jesus coming into this world is to invite us into relationship and to deliver mankind from the religious rituals that had crippled them in the very beginning. But in our flesh, we get captured by doing more religiously. Our religion says, do more, do more, do more. But a relationship with Jesus says, be restored. Do you see the difference in the two? Do you see the difference in religious rituals where I've got to do this, and I have to do this, and if I do this, I can produce this, and then if I'm going to do this, then I'll be able to get to this, but Jesus says, you don't have to do all of that, you just have to be in relationship with me, and then as we are in relationship, then we can find some of these things become refreshing instead of the labor and the burden of us doing the work. You see, you don't have to kill yourself trying to be caught in religion. Jesus came and took the sin and the punishment and died himself so that we can be set free. And we don't have to kill ourselves. He's already done the work for us. But we've missed what God is doing in restoration and in rest. And so that leads us to the 23rd Psalm the 23rd Psalm is a reminder for us of the work that God desires to do in our lives and I think that out of religious ritual we have allowed the enemy to paralyze us from discovering the truth of what God wants to say to us through the 23rd Psalm 23rd Psalm says this the Lord is my shepherd I lack nothing. In those moments of unanswered questions in your life, in those darkest nights when it's just you and God and the tears on your pillow, you need to come back to the first verse of the 23rd Psalm and you need to tell the enemy, the Lord Jesus Christ is my shepherd and I lack nothing. But religious ritual would say to us, you've got to memorize this. You've got to make sure that you get the vernacular exactly the way that it needs to be. And you've got to make sure that it is laid out exactly the way that it's got to be in all of this. And in memorization, sometimes we miss the message of what God wants to say to us. Jesus is giving us his word, and he is telling us that he is our shepherd, and in that relationship, not religion, but in that relationship, there is nothing that we lack. So you know what? The unanswered questions have answers. Well, how do we know that? Because Jesus says to us, Jesus has given us His Word. It's been recorded to us. Jesus hasn't come on the earth, but Jesus is is God, and He has given us His Word. And He says to us that He is Adonai. He is our shepherd. And we lack nothing. Absolutely nothing Let's discover more of what the refreshing work and relationship that God has for us here in this 23rd Psalm. In verse 2, it says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the paths for His namesake, the right paths for His namesake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Look at verse 2 and 3. Let me put it up on the screen here for you this morning because I want you to catch these last four words. The reminder for us, As he makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. The contemporary, or the complete Jewish Bible, the CJB, makes this translation this way. He restores my inner person. He restores inside of me. Do you catch, though, the work that is taking place inside of this psalm? Do you see the refreshingness of this psalm? Never does the psalmist David write these words, I am doing this, or I am going to do this. Over and over, verse after verse in the 23rd psalm, it says, The Lord he makes, he leads, he refreshes, he guides. And even though I'm doing all of this, it is his rod and his staff that is actually comforting me. And then he says, you prepare, you anoint, and your goodness and your love are going to follow me forever, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David never said, I am finding green pastures to lay down in. No. He said, He makes me lie down in green pastures. Listen, religion is going to make you search for green pastures. But in relationship with Jesus, you discover that He's already prepared you a green pasture. Religion says that you have to go out and find the still waters. But in relationship with Jesus, he is leading you, guiding you beside the still waters. Do you see the difference? And do you see the fleshly struggle that the enemy wants us to be caught up in? And do you see what the psalmist David is experiencing in relationship with God Almighty? Listen, if we believe the words of Scripture to be true, that he knit us together in our mother's womb, we did not do that work. He did that work. So why is it when we take our first breath and we start to get a little bit of wisdom in our head and have a little bit of strength on our own, we then want to take the work away from God that He started in our mother's womb? God wants us to discover absolutely everything that He has for us and that only comes when we are in relationship with Him. But we have to be intentional about our time with Jesus. We have to be intentional because it does not happen by accident or happen chance. The enemy wants to get us caught all in the religious routine that we experience sometimes. And he wants us to think, I've got to do this and I've got to do this. And if I'm going to be holy, then this, this, and this are the things that I have to put into my life. The truth of the matter, and what David is writing to us in this twenty-third psalm, is we don't do the work; we sit with Jesus, and He does the work inside of us. So, as I was preparing this passage of Scripture one night, um, this this pastor was preparing this message and reading through this passage of Scripture. Um, our our daughters were sent off to get ready for bed, and a part of getting ready to bed. You know, because it's you know, you're of that age where you just start to stink sometimes. It's not just them. It's all of us. So I'm not telling you anything that hasn't happened to all of us. It's all of us. You get sweaty in this Florida heat and we just stink. And we sent them off to get ready for bed and a part of getting ready to bed is they have to get cleaned up, right? You have to wash all the stink out. And the Lord spoke so clearly to me. They are at the age now That Melissa and I don't have to do that for them but what happened when they first started neither Lucy nor Abby were born knowing how to take a bath we had to do that for them and you know what neither were none of us none of us were born knowing how to take a bath someone had to give us a bath who was doing the work It wasn't the stinky little baby. It was the mom or dad. Do you know what God wants to do to us? God wants to cleanse us from all of the unrighteousness. Religion says you need to clean yourself. Relationship with Jesus says I have cleansed you. Now go forward and be holy. What is the work that's taking place in this 23rd Psalm? It is not the psalmist doing the work. It is the psalmist experiencing the presence of God Almighty, because it's in that presence He cleanses us, and He's washed us, and then we're able to lay down in green pastures, and then we're able to discover the still waters, and then He… And so you see over and over what the psalmist is telling us, it's not our work to be done, that religion wants us to do instead it is relationship with God Almighty we have to be intentional with our relationship with Jesus Christ because if we are not hearing from God there is a disconnect and the flesh will always lead us back to our religious rituals now, I want to tiptoe here because I'm going to walk on ice and I want to make sure that nobody misunderstands what I'm saying to you. So I'll try to be as clear as I can here. Coming to church, being in this building and your presence here, by doing those things, you can still miss relationship with Jesus but the church is important for us and Jesus said we need to be together we have to be in unity together he the scripture is clear that we should not forsake joining together in worshiping God when you're in relationship with Jesus you want to be in church But when you're stuck in religion and you think church is going to get you to Jesus, you've missed it. You've missed the relationship part. You don't come to church to be in relationship. You come to church because you are in relationship with Jesus. The church's job is to nurture that relationship. And so if we ever stop nurturing your relationship with Jesus, I'll tell you, find another church. Because that's what we're supposed to be doing. We have to nurture them. We get you away from the routine of going to church just because you go to church. And we get you into loving the church because it is the bride of Christ and it is necessary for us in our relationship with Jesus. I just want to be clear on that so that no one understands. We have an elders meeting tomorrow night, so elders hear me. Church is important, right? Church is very important, and I'm not saying don't come to church. But I am, I am showing you that going to church is less important than your relationship with Jesus. But when you're in relationship with Jesus, you're going to go to church. Don't confuse that, and don't let the enemy lie to you. Going to church is vital for us, but even more vital is our relationship with Jesus Christ. Religion, though, is going to say you need to do this, you need to do this, and you need to do this, and you need to do this. Religion is going to say you have to go to church, you have to go to church, you have to do this, and you have to do this. And you know what? Our culture elevates work. And so our relationship with Jesus, the enemy wants us to say, you've got to work, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do this. And we do have to put effort into it. We do have to put time into it. We do have to invest in it. It is important. But we don't do the work of cleansing in the same way that a child does not give itself a bath. Our Father gives us a bath. But in a culture that elevates work, that says you do more, it's okay to work a 60, 70, 80 hour work week. It's okay to have email constantly going off. It's okay for you to constantly be connected. Our culture is elevating work and we cannot bring that into our relationship with Jesus. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus, these words here, he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. What is the 23rd Psalm about? It's about us discovering peace in relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus goes on to say, "...in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world." While a culture says you have to work, you have to work, relationship with Jesus says rest in Him. Lay down in the green pasture, walk beside the still water, and I believe what God is saying to us, Whitechapel Church, is this season is a season of restoration for the relationships that each of us have with Jesus Christ. Because what God desires for us is to take the truth that the psalmist gave us from his relationship with God and apply them to our lives and then live them out, not in the burden and not in the heavy yoke of religion, but instead in the freedom that comes in relationship with Jesus Christ. So this is to be a season of restoration. Here's what the dictionary says that restoration is. Restoration is defined as an act of returning to something to a former owner, place, or condition. Now, I want you to, to, to follow me on this. We think that in restoration, it's like remodeling an old house. I love some of these old, old, old ancient houses that we have here in Florida. And I love to see those old houses restored and the old glory brought about. So you can walk into an old house and the paint be stripped off. There's, the floors it look, look horrible. The walls are crumbling in. The doors are off the hinges. The windows are all busted out. But something about it, whenever it is restored to its old former glory, it is beautiful and sometimes breathtaking. Hear me, that's what religion would say restoration is. Going back to the old or former glory. And when I say that I believe our next season from God is a season of restoration, I am not by any means saying that we're going to go back and take the glory that God gave us 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago and try to relive that in 2021. That's not the restoration that I'm talking about. That is religious restoration. I am talking about relationship with Jesus' restoration. And I believe with God, restoration is not about the past. It is about where he wants us in this very moment. So we can't go back to our old glory. And we can't try to drag it into this century and drag it into this decade and drag it into 2021 because that was the manna, that was the food that God gave us for then restoration in relationship with Jesus Christ is about us discovering where God wants us right now and we are restored in our inner soul. He restores my soul. Do you remember that part of the 23rd Psalm? He restores my inner being. He makes us holy as our worship team led us in. Not in the burden of religion, but in the freedom that comes in relationship with him. We all have decisions that we have to make. And religion would say to us, do more, do more, do more. But relationship with Jesus says he's already done the work. All we have to rest is in that relationship. Religious says we need to get there fast. Hurry up fix it. Get things out of the way that are burdening us. Let's move. Let's move. Let's move. That's what religion says to us. But relationship with Jesus says don't worry about how fast you're going. You need to get there whole. W-H-O-L-E Whole. We need to get there the way that God desires for us. So my question for us as a church is do we want to get there fast? Or do we want to get there whole? Whole? Do we want to hurry up? Come on, let's go. Let's Let's get things going. Let's make sure that we come up. Come on. Years ago we had this and years ago we had this. No, 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 no. That's religion. Jesus says, I don't want you to go fast. Jesus would say, I want you to go at the speed at which I am leading you. Because our tendency, my tendency is to hurry up. Let's get going. Let's move. Let's move. Let's make some things happen. Let's get get things on the road. Let's hurry up. I want to mark things off of a list, and I want to say we did this, we did this, we did this. We've got these dreams that God has clearly spoken to us as a congregation. It would be easy for me to say, okay, the first one is unity. We're going to do this, 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 and this, and then it brings us unity. We're going to mark this off. We're going to mark this off. We're going to start marking all of these boxes off, and then as we mark the boxes off, we're going to celebrate it, and when we get to the end, we're unified. Well, you know what? That would be a lie from the enemy. Because God does not want us to get there fast. He doesn't want us to speed up. He doesn't want us to rush. He doesn't want us to get ahead of Him. He wants us to get there whole in Him. And therein, there again, is the difference in religion and the difference in relationship with Jesus Christ. So are you restored? Have you experienced the words of David in your life that you are restored in your soul or you are restored in your inner being are you resting in the relationship of Jesus Christ that you have or are you in just a hurry come on God let's hurry up hurry come on give me some answers let's hurry up let's move let's move let's move listen David starts out this psalm by saying the Lord is my shepherd so that says we are the sheep Jesus even reminded us that he is the good shepherd. So if he's the shepherd and we're the sheep, then we probably ought to be in our relationship with Jesus, sitting at his feet, listening to what the shepherd is saying to us, making sure that we're not in a hurry, and instead our shepherd has restored our soul. My promise to you as your pastor is that I am never going to get ahead of Jesus Christ. But in those moments, in those moments where temptation is strong, and in those moments where we are pushing and prodding or I am pushing and prodding, we as a congregation need to say, "Wait a minute, let's slow down to make sure that we are in step with Holy Spirit." You see, that's the difference again in religion and the difference in relationship religion says let's hurry and play the number game inside the church let's have more people let's have a bigger offering let's have a bigger youth group let's have a bigger children's ministry let's have a bigger school let's have a bigger thrift store let's have a bigger this let's have a let's do all of this stuff in a big way well what if god doesn't want us to do it in a big way are we okay with that There's the difference in religion and relationship. Who then gets to define big? Because is having more people here on Sunday morning big? Or is having 20 people here on Sunday morning and five people enter into relationship with Jesus Christ? You see, we've defined big the wrong way. We cannot allow religion to define big Instead, we allow our relationship and our walk with Jesus to define the steps that he has ordered for us. He restores my soul. He restores my inner being. Whenever we're caught up in the numbers game and religion, and whenever we're pushing for more, and whenever we're saying hurry, 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 we are not sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to the things that he has in store for us. The reminder from the 23rd Psalm is that He is guiding us back to Him. And what we have to do is stop resisting the leading from the Good Shepherd and start following the relationship that He has for us. Religion says to us, God will love you if you will change. But relationship with Jesus says, God's love will be the change that we need. Religion says shame on you for the path that you have taken, but relationship with Jesus says he took our shame on him, and we get to be restored in our inner soul. Hear me when I say this. Your past may have led you on a path away from relationship with Jesus, but here today, the Spirit is saying to you, get back in relationship with Jesus and walk away from the bondage that this world and enemy has put on you because that is the only place that you will discover a restored soul that gets to lay down in green pastures and gets to walk beside still waters. So, What waters in your life are troubled waters? What are the waters that the Holy Spirit may have brought to your mind that are troubled, rocky waters? This morning, I believe that God has for us the still waters. It comes not in religion, but instead comes in relationship. Oh, Jesus said, you're going to have problems in this world you're going to have stormy rocky waters that's going to happen that's going to happen no matter how close you are in relationship with Jesus Christ he said you'll have trouble in this world but take heart he said I have overcome the world So in those moments of rocky waters and in those moments of it seems like we're just constantly up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, we have to come back to the 23rd Psalm as a reminder for us that even though we're walking through the darkest valley, that's verse 4, I will fear no evil because you, God, are with me. So what are the troubled waters that you have in your life? Is it a relationship with someone? Is it your job? Is it something at home? Is it a bank account? Is it finances? Is it children? Is it another family member? Is it your spouse? What are the troubled waters that you have? You see, God doesn't want us to look at those things directly. That's what religion would tell us that we need to do. We need to run to those things and we need to put in all of our effort and we need to take time away from everything and we need to do everything we can to fix those things. That's what religion would tell us. But you know what Jesus says? You know what the 23rd Psalm says to us? Verse 4 it says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. It doesn't say that even though I'm walking through the darkest valleys, I need to step away from everything in life and I need to just focus on this darkest valley and put all of my energy, my resources, my efforts into this darkest valley to make sure that I get through this valley and come through successful. No, no, no. That's not what the psalmist David writes to us. Instead, what David says is, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Do you know what that says? Another another way of translating that would say, It's all about the relationship with Jesus Christ. Because He is with us in the darkest valley. But the enemy wants to paralyze us with fear. So in those moments of troubled waters... And in those ups and downs of life, and whatever those are for each of us, we need to go back to the first verse of the 23rd Psalm, and we need to say to the enemy that the Lord is my shepherd, and I lack nothing. And then we need to remind the enemy about verse 4, because I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I am spending time with the Lord, even though I've got all of this troubled water, and even though it might be the darkest valley of my life, I am not going to fear anything, because the Lord is with me in this moment. Maybe your darkest valley would stop being so dark if you invited Jesus into it. We must be about relationship and looking first to Jesus before we start looking at the surroundings in our darkest valley. Jesus said, Jesus said, Take heart, I have overcome the world. You might say, I've got a relationship with Jesus. You might say, I started a relationship with Jesus at church camp 40, 50 years ago. You might say, I started a relationship with Jesus a couple of years ago when I was in youth group. You may say, I started a relationship with Jesus when I came to the Lord X number of days or X number of years ago. You know what? This is what I've discovered in life. Every one of us, every one of us have a relationship with Jesus The problem is some of us have an estranged relationship with Jesus, and we just don't know it yet. I think today, God wants to restore your soul. He wants to restore your inner being and take the bondage of religion off of you and make sure that you are setting in the freedom that comes in relationship with Him in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 Paul says this, do not be anxious about anything. Let's think about this in relation to the 23rd Psalm. Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. In the darkest valleys of life, don't be anxious. In the ups and downs of the storms of life, don't be anxious. When it seems like there is everything crashing down on you, do not be anxious. But, Paul says, but in everything, hear this, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all human understanding. That's religion. Will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know what Paul says? It's all, I'll sum it up, it's all about relationship with Jesus. Prayer and petition are what leads us to make sure that we are overcoming the fear the enemy brings into our life, and even though we're in the darkest valley, and even though the waves of the storms of life be high and then take us really, really low, we have no fear and we are not anxious because we are in relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what I think our problem is, though? Many of us are making decisions outside of relationship with Jesus and we're blaming Him for all of the messes when He had nothing to do with the decisions that we were making in the first place. We say, God, how could you? And He's like, I was trying. I had all of the answers. I was ready to go with you in the valley. But you didn't invite me into the valley. You did not by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God. So we're over here making decisions without asking God what the decision should be. And then we're throwing all of the fault when things don't go our way. We see that's religion. That is not relationship, but in a relationship with Jesus, we are set free from the bondage and the consequences of our decisions, as long as they were the answers that God gave us, are taken off of us because all we're doing is listening to the Lord and being obedient and taking a step whenever he's ready for us to take a step. Jesus did not die on the cross so that you could be religious. He died on the cross so that he could be in relationship with you. So how's your relationship with Jesus? How is your relationship with Jesus? This morning I think that Jesus desires to restore your inner being. So that you can sing those words, make us holy. Some of us have got such a a strange relationship with Jesus that we couldn't identify with that song this morning. You can't sing make us holy because you're just trying to make it through the next hour or the next day. But whenever you're in relationship with Jesus, it's refreshing. There you find the still waters. There you lie down in the green pastures. There are the times that he anoints your head with oil. There are the times that he's guiding you along the right path for his namesake. It's there, it's there that you find that there's a table that's been prepared for you in the presence of your enemies. It's there that your cup begins to overflow. And it's there that you get to to live the last promise of this 23rd Psalm that says, Surely goodness and His love will follow me all the days of my life. Listen, that is relationship with Jesus. So today I want to ask you, to invite the Holy Spirit to examine your soul. I want to invite you to ask the Holy Spirit to examine your inner being. Today is the day of restoration for relationships with Jesus Christ. And this morning, we invite you to that. To receive the rest and restoration
0: that he has for you. Thanks for joining us at Whitechapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon blessed you and that you'll continue to join us as we lean into God's word together. Until next time, have a great week and be blessed.